You Can Handle Anything, episode number 324. Welcome to the You Can Handle Anything podcast. I'm your host, Shira Gura, and I know firsthand what it feels like to get hijacked by your emotions, keeping you from fully enjoying the moments and people in your life. In this podcast, we'll explore the everyday emotional situations we all face, and I'll share the tools and strategies I developed that will help you deal with these challenges in any moment with confidence, resilience, and integrity. Tune in and discover how living your life deliberately instead of reactively will allow you to reclaim control over your emotions and live your life with purpose so you can truly handle anything life throws your way. Let's get started. Hello, my dear listeners, and thank you so much for joining me today. So as I mentioned last week, I have some interesting news to share with you regarding some unexpected traveling that I'm going to be doing this week. So not only am I in Chicago this week, where I'm leading part two of a professional development series for teachers, which is where I'm recording this episode for this week, I will also be traveling to Poland the day after I return from Chicago. Long story short, my son is representing Team Israel for the International Little League Tournament. And when we bought our tickets to the United States back in the spring, we didn't know at the time that his team would win. And so while the rest of his team is flying together from Israel to Poland, my son is currently in the United States and not with his team. And because I didn't want him to fly alone, I decided that I would fly with him and, of course, stay with him and watch him at the tournament. I have never been to Poland before, and while it has always been on my list of places that I thought that I would like to travel to, I never thought that it would be for this reason. But I feel privileged to be able to go, and I'm really looking forward to the experience, and I look forward to sharing more about it with you next week while I am there. Okay, but for now, I would like to talk to you about this concept of it can always be worse. And like most weeks, I have a story for you. Okay, here's what happened. So as I mentioned, I am visiting my family in New Jersey for the summer, and I'm staying with my parents. I'm actually sleeping in my old bedroom, which I always find so cool, you know, like sleeping in your childhood bedroom, but as an adult. And anyway, my son is sleeping in the bedroom next to mine, which is my brother's old bedroom. And my parents are sleeping in their bedroom, which is on the first floor. And there's a reason that I'm telling you all of this information. So what happened was just a few nights ago, I was sleeping. It was the middle of the night and something woke me up. It was a weird sound, like a beeping, but it was like every 30 seconds or so, it sounded like this. Do you know what that sound is? It's the smoke detector when the battery is low. But I didn't know what it was at first. I just heard this weird chirping sound. And when I opened my eyes, I saw a white light flash on the ceiling of my bedroom each time I heard the chirping. So I turned my light on and I figured out it was the smoke alarm and that it needed a new battery. At 1 a.m., right, of all times during the day. Now. Here's the thing. New Jersey was having some nasty thunderstorms lately, and I mean really serious ones with trees being uprooted from the ground. And when I woke up at 1am, I knew the time because I looked at my phone. But when I looked over at the alarm clock, it was blinking, which made me wonder, 
that we had a power outage in the middle of the night because of the rain. Of course, we didn't have any rain that night, but it was 1 a.m. and I saw the flashing light on my alarm clock and the flashing light of the smoke detector and I just assumed there was some sort of electrical power outage. And so I wasn't sure what to do. And so I Googled it and I watched this three minute video on what to do when a smoke alarm is chirping. And basically what I learned is that the first thing that you do is you take out the battery and you put in a new one. But if that doesn't work, you need to turn off the circuit breaker for that smoke alarm and then open the alarm itself in order to do something with the electric wires because the smoke alarms in my parents' home are connected electronically. It's not just a battery. But I didn't know where the circuit breaker was. Now, as all of this was happening, I texted a friend who lives in Israel, not because I needed help from her, but I just texted to say hi because I knew it was already morning there. But she was surprised that I was awake and I told her what was going on and she asked me if we have a garage because probably the circuit breaker maybe, you know, could be in the garage. But I shared with her that we had this power outage, which of course we didn't, but I thought we did. And that I was afraid to go downstairs because I might trip the alarm system in my parents' house. Now, why did I even think about that? Because two weeks ago, my parents went out of the house while I was upstairs working in my bedroom because they forgot that I was there and they put the alarm on. And when I got up to go get a drink, I tripped the alarm and the whole house just was like, meow, meow. and then the police came and it was like awful. And it was kind of traumatic, traumatic, you know, with like a, not a capital T, but you know what I mean? I did not want to do that to my parents again. I didn't want to trip the alarm. And I certainly didn't want to do that while they were sleeping. And I didn't know what to do because I definitely could not sleep with this noise. So my friend was trying to help me, right? And she asked me, maybe you can sleep on the sofa. And I'm like, of course I can sleep on the sofa. But how am I going to get to the sofa without tripping the alarm? I also thought, you know what, I'll sleep in my sister's old bedroom right next door. But it was the same problem. I couldn't leave the room. Now, usually I don't worry about tripping the alarm at night, but because I saw the lights on my alarm clock flashing, I got nervous that somehow the alarm got set on, whatever. I just was not thinking straight because it was 1 a.m. You know, I have been broadcasting this podcast for five years about getting stuck but 100% of the times that I was sharing stories, getting stuck meant getting emotionally stuck. I think this was the first time ever in my life where I felt physically stuck. Like I couldn't leave my room. And I seriously did not know what to do. What I did know is that I could not sleep with that annoying noise. But at the same time, I couldn't see another choice. And then my clever friend texted me, if only there was a tool for getting unstuck. <laughs> so you can guess what I did. I walked myself through the unstuck method. And when I got to the consider step, I considered it could be worse. Because of course, it could have been worse. And that's because the situations that we experience in our lives are perceptions from our own minds. 
right? Like when you stop to think about it, instead of the alarm chirping every 30 seconds or so, it could have been chirping every three seconds, right? Or every second. Or my son, who was sleeping in the room right next to me, he could have woken up from that too, and then I would have had to deal with him too. Truly, it could have been so much worse. And so I wrote to my friend and said, I'm just going to try to go back to sleep. And she responded, you can probably do it. The beep will fade into your dreams. And guess what? I did. I don't know how I did, but I did. I covered my ears with the blanket because I couldn't get to the bathroom to put cotton balls in my ears because I did think of that because I couldn't leave my room. Anyway, in probably just like a few minutes, I somehow just fell back to sleep. And then I was awoken again at around 6 a.m. to the chirping, for which at that time I was actually feeling so grateful because it meant that I slept for about five hours. And I was so happy in that moment. It kind of reminded me of that book that I used to read to my kids, and I think it was called It Could Always Be Worse. It's a story about a man who lived with his mother, his wife, and his, I don't know, six or eight children or something like that in one tiny bedroom in a hut. And because the house was so crowded, the children often fought, and the man and the wife argued. And when the man couldn't stand it any longer, he ran to the rabbi for help. But the advice that the rabbi gave him was very strange. It started with like, bring a chicken into your house, and then bring a horse into your house, and then add a pig, and so on and so on. I don't remember the whole story exactly, but just to say that it was a horrific experience for the entire family, because the house became so crowded that it was unbearable. And then the man went back to the rabbi and told him, how he didn't understand why he told him to keep adding more animals to the house when it was already a difficult situation for him. And then the story goes that the rabbi tells the man to remove the animals one by one. And by the end of the process, the man becomes suddenly happy. And that's because his perspective changed. And I guess the question is, do you really need to force yourself into a worse situation in order to get that shift in perspective? Or can you take a stop when you are in an emotionally difficult situation and as you're getting yourself unstuck, just consider that it could be worse? Now, why would you want to think that way? I certainly don't want you to think that I'm advocating for you to dismiss or invalidate your own struggles. But when you embrace this mindset shift, it really can do several valuable things for you. First of all, as I mentioned, it really does offer you a a shift in perspective. When you are faced with challenging situations or difficulties, it can be so easy to get caught up in negative thinking. And so when you consider that things can be worse, It really helps you maintain perspective, and it helps prevent excessive pessimism. It encourages you to focus on the positive aspects or the potential solutions rather than dwelling on the negatives. Another thing that considering it can always be worse does is that it grounds you in gratitude. When you think about the things that could be worse, it promotes a sense of gratitude for what you currently have. It allows you to appreciate the good things in your life, even if they may seem small or insignificant compared to the challenges that you're facing. 
Another thing that is valuable when you consider that it can always be worse is your own resilience because it helps you adopt a more optimistic mindset and approach problems with a sense of determination. And one other idea that considering it could be worse can do is actually the concept of humility because considering it can always be worse reminds you that everyone faces their own challenges and that you're not alone in experiencing difficulties. In fact, the next day, I went downstairs and I started telling my mom about the situation, that the alarm went off, and blah, blah, blah. And as I was sharing with her what happened, she started telling me what happened to her, which was that she woke up at 1 a.m. the night before. I don't know if she woke up from the alarm or she was just up, but she was telling me that she was walking around the house downstairs, like going from smoke detector to smoke detector, trying to figure out where the beeping was coming from. And when she came to the conclusion that it was none of the detectors downstairs, she realized it had to have been one of the ones upstairs, but she didn't come upstairs. She didn't know that I was awake and she didn't know that I was stuck in my bedroom. You should have seen the two of us laughing as more and more of the details got shared between us. It was so hysterical. Okay, now, usually at this point in my podcast, I like to ask you, if you can apply this lesson somehow in your life. Now, I realize the chances that you're going to be in the same exact situation that I was in is slim to none. But still, I want to invite you to see where you may be able to apply this concept to one particular area or situation in your life. Again, this is not to dismiss or invalidate your own struggles, but just to help as a valuable mindset shift and help you promote your own resilience and gratitude and a healthier outlook on life. If you do consider this and you would like to share your story with me, I'd love to hear from you. You can comment on my website page for this podcast episode, or you can leave me an iTunes review. I always love to hear from my listeners. Okay, my dear friends, thank you so much for joining me today. I look forward to being with you next week and sharing with you some of my experiences from Chicago as well as from Poland. Wishing you a wonderful rest of your week. And remember, you can handle anything. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please share it with a friend or family member who may not know much about podcasting. If they need help, please show them how to subscribe to the show and how they can leave a review. And if you aren't yet subscribed to my newsletter, make sure you do sign up by visiting my website, shiragura.com. I look forward to being with you again next week.